Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. So, how many of y'all have had to sit through an all-hands meeting um, at work? Um, so, as you know, I'm bivocational, so having spent the greater part of a decade um, in the Nashville corporate scene, I've been in my fair share of all-hands meetings. So, for an hour or more, if you're particularly unlucky, um, a stream of people will come across the stage, or, or these days, just to your screen, and nominally, they're there to share with you some exciting news and inform you about all the good things on the horizon for the company. But I think we all know the reality as we're sitting there. It's, it's spin. A reorganization is about to be announced. Layoffs are happening in part of the org. And the company is moving its focus to a new product or industry. The all hand exists to make us believe. Believe in the new direction leadership is taking us. Believe that the stresses and complexities of our jobs are worth it because our company is making some sort of positive impact on the world. Basically, they want you to please believe that you're part of a happy family and that for 40 plus hours a week, you're doing a really, really good thing. In the words of Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy, and please don't quit or complain. Now, I know I've painted a pretty bleak picture of corporate culture. <laughs> I'm sure there are places that don't align with my experience, where all hands are something different. But I bring up my experience of all hands to make a point. It's a point that many of us, I think, have experienced. It's that uneasy feeling in knowing there's things those around us want to believe, but that deep down we know we don't believe in those things. It's this feeling of despair, a feeling that there's got to be something more than the spin, that there's got to be something real. In preparation for my ministry in East Nashville, I've been doing a lot of reading on the crisis among working age men in our country. In large numbers, men are opting out of the workforce, unable to marry and build a family, and dying by suicide and overdose. Recently, I ran across an article in the New York Times entitled, When Your Job Fills In For Your Faith, That's a Problem. And that article really scratches the same itch as my thoughts on the corporate all hands. So in the article, Dr. Chen at UC Berkeley details how for many people in today's America, work is replacing the structures of community and family and the church. Many people now look to their job for identity, fulfillment, meaning, and friendship. For some, when things are going well, this works really great. The company provides everything one could need. For one person in the article, sadly, he stopped going to church 
and found all his needs for meaning and friendship supplied by his employer. But all of this has a dark side. One person in the article rode the wave of corporate meaning, putting in 70 plus hours a week, postponing marriage, and building all of her relationships and meaning to the success of the company. When the company failed, she entered a downward, dark spiral void of meaning and relationship. It turns out work isn't exactly a team or a family because you can't get fired from your family. Our world hurts because it knows out there somewhere is something to believe in. But we've been given so many false things to believe in that many of us are tired and have just given up. That's what I see when I look at the statistics around poverty, when I see men who've just given up. And though the reality we live in is dire, I have great hope. Today, St. John says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Poverty, racism, addiction, gender, family structures, economy, politics, education. The troubles of our world are complex. And sometimes it is overwhelming to think of the solutions. How do we reach the 22-year-old porn-addicted man in his parents' basement? How do we call out to the 16-year-old whose father has been in jail since he was three and is now drawn into white power conspiracy groups? How can we convince the 55-year-old man who's tired of struggling to get back up and do it again? To be honest with y'all, the more I study and learn about the problems that surround us, the more nuanced and difficult they seem. Everything's connected and there's no simple solutions. There are no quick fixes and each movement in one direction seems to bring progress in one area that will negatively impact another. It's easy to see why a retreat to the basement, drugs, or the simplistic worldview offered by conspiracies would make a lot of sense. When you've run out of hope, it's best to forget or numb the pain with anger. This, though, is where we come in. The world's problems are many and extremely complex. The good news we bring is that they aren't ours to solve. We have a hope. We have one in whom we can believe. We have a story to tell that fills the emptiness. In our narcissistic turn to solve all the problems ourselves, we lose sight of that old time gospel. We make things harder than they ought to be. So often we turn our noses up at our great grandparents' simplistic faith, but they had one thing very correct. It's all about the blood of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What the hurting world needs from us most is not solutions but the answer 
to why all hands belief just doesn't do it. Time and time again in my ministry, I've seen change come to a person, not in a meal, not in shoes, not in a bus ticket, not in some sort of training, but only in the working of the Holy Spirit. When they come to know the man, God the Son, who came to save us all. The world tells us that the answers to our problems are hidden somewhere deep inside us. We just need to let go of the world and look deep within ourselves to find answers. We need to believe in ourselves and our special truth. Millions and millions are spent each year on meditation apps, retreats with gurus, and now drug-assisted therapy sessions. People are led to believe that if they can just dig deep enough and learn to listen, their passions and desires will lead them to happiness and fulfillment. This is the lie that's led us to where we're at now. And to all of this, we must say simply no. The gospel message remains true. Believe in Jesus. Our answers are not within, but without. Our answer is the empty tomb. Our answer is the risen Lord who reigns on high. In the silence, we seek not answers from ourselves, but from the eternal, wise, immortal, invisible God. We cannot change ourselves into the answer by meditation. We reveal ourselves completely and totally to God, who sees our many flaws, loves us, and gently leads us to right paths. In all that we do and say, we should point to the answer, the cross of Christ, where he died for the sins of the whole world. Meals and mentors and jobs and clothes and housing and training, all of these are good, but only so far as they are not the solution, but that they flow out of the treasury of God's eternal kingdom where Christ sits enthroned. Helping the world really is as simple as declaring that the whole world believe in Jesus and look to his cross for their healing, fulfillment, and meaning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When I first started working with people in jail and on the streets, I would get real stressed because I just couldn't find an answer to the questions I thought were coming my way. Once pretty early on, I was going to meet with this man in jail uh, who had had a very difficult upbringing. His wife had left him and he had spiraled into depression and he got caught with pills that he didn't have a prescription for. And now his life was all kinds of upset, side down, and he was on his way to jail for a good bit. Um, and I was terrified to meet with him because I had no clear idea or any good path to give him to get him out of his current situation. But as it turns out, when I went to go meet with him, we didn't spend a single second talking about solutions. 
He was simply shocked that I actually showed up to meet with him. He wanted to know why I'd bother to come into the jail to talk to him. He wanted to know if I was getting paid or getting some sort of like community credit for showing up. We spent the next 30 minutes I had with him talking about the answer to those questions, about the man who saved me, about the God who loves me, about the reason why I get up each day. The only answer that man needed that day was Jesus. God didn't need me to be an expert on post-incarceration career planning. He just needed me to be a Christian and share his story. God loves us more than we can imagine. Belief in him will sustain us through the trials and tribulations of this life. Adopted in the water of his baptism, standing firm on the rock of his holy church, we can face the world firm in our belief. We can step over the spin, ignore the calls of false beliefs. In Christ, we can have eternal life. So my brothers and sisters, don't keep your faith a secret. There's a lot of people out there who need to see it. Be born again and go out into the world dripping from your baptism. And what you say and what you do, proclaim Christ. Be a Christian in the world and don't stress. God will be with you and he will provide the answer. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.